today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. You might remember at uh, the end of last week, the Prime Minister unveiled uh, a quite extensive uh, climate change policy. Uh, many were questioning, you know, is this the right time to be doing this when we're uh, in the middle of a pandemic? And, and uh, although a vaccination certainly is on the horizon, um, we, we certainly aren't uh, at the point of recovery uh, yet. But uh, here's what the Prime Minister had to say last week in regard to his uh, climate change policy. If we trust scientists with our health, as we do, then we must also trust their research and their expertise when it comes to other existential threats. And that includes climate change. There is no vaccine against a polluted planet. With global consumers and investors alike demanding and rewarding climate action, our trading partners and economic competitors are in this race. Like us, they know that the cleaner your economy, the faster and stronger it will grow. All right, let's bring in Jasmine Moulton. Canadian Taxpayers Federation is with us now. Jasmine, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Thanks so much for having me on. Wow, uh, there's some pretty big numbers in uh, in this latest uh, uh, policy announced by uh, the Prime Minister. Um, is it this? Is this the good time to be doing this sort of thing? Absolutely not. So not only is the national debt spiraling toward uh, past $1 trillion, which is historic in and of itself, uh, you know, taxpayers right now all across the country are struggling to, in some cases, put food on the table, heat their homes. Sometimes it's a decision between those two things to be skyrocketing the cost of everything, home heating, groceries, in one of the worst economic downturns on record, just seems like terrible policy. It seems like a bad dream, not an actual government announcement that happened on Friday. It seems uh, uh, the Prime Minister is using the pandemic to sell this. If we believe in the science of a vaccine, we have to believe in the science of climate change. What is your response? Well, I think a lot of Canadians, most Canadians, certainly myself, care about climate change and believe, you know, that it's happening, it's real, it's scientific, it's true. Um, but that doesn't mean that the carbon tax is a good solution to that. In fact, they're basing the whole federal carbon taxes based off of the British Columbia example, because BC introduced one back in 2008, so over 10 years ago. But uh, we were told that in British Columbia, if they had a carbon tax, it would reduce emissions. But what we've seen is since they introduced their carbon tax over 10 years ago, their emissions have continued to go up um, by more than 7% since 2008. So a carbon tax does not even reduce emissions. But even if it did, which it doesn't, it wouldn't really make a global impact. China will um, make up any sort of progress that uh, Canada gives up in that time in a matter of months. So Canada's global emissions contribution is about 1.6% of global greenhouse gases. Um, China is still building coal plants. So why Canada would decimate its own economy while you know China makes up the difference in, again, a matter of weeks um, is beyond me. Many are saying now that China is moving towards more cleaner energy and renewable energy, or are we to believe that? Well, Canadian uh, pension funds are investing in some coal plants that are currently being built in China. So, again, uh, this really does not make sense. Um, you know, they can say whatever they want, but um, certainly they're... Um, 
they're still contributing so significantly. They're the largest global contributor to greenhouse gas emissions. Um, but then you have other countries like India as well and the United States um, contributing quite significantly too. So Canada, again, is only at 1.6% of global emissions. That's not to say that we should do nothing, but uh, we could have a far more significant impact on global emissions if instead of uh, a carbon tax, which again, allows our emissions to continue to go up, it it's fake environmental policy. It might make people feel good, but it's not good for the environment. Um, you know, if we were to sell some of our cleaner natural gas to countries like India or China that might rely on dirtier sources currently of energy, um, that would do far more to reduce global greenhouse gas emissions. So I would really emphasize for your listeners who clearly care about the environment, uh, you know, a carbon tax is not good environmental policy. It's treacherous economic policy, um, but it doesn't even help the environment. If we're serious about global warming uh, and climate change, we need a serious environmental policy. The carbon tax is not one. Many have said, though, that the carbon tax is the best way out of all the different ways. This is the best way to do this. Well, I would tell them that, uh, you know, in Ontario, for example, we saw carbon, we saw greenhouse gas emissions go down for the 20 years before we had the carbon tax. Um, and then when we saw in British Columbia, they had a carbon tax and their emissions increased. So, you know, if your goal is to reduce emissions, uh, the carbon tax has been proven in Canada to not be a good way to do that. And the parliamentary budget officer even said that, you know, it would need to be set at $300 a ton to meet our Paris Agreement targets. Uh, the government uh, on Friday announced that they're moving it from it's currently at $30 a ton. They're moving it up to $170 a ton. But the parliamentary budget officer has already said that that is not enough to uh, to meet our, our targets. So, um, you know, again, this really is not about the environment. It's about revenue for the government. Uh, so how do you reduce emissions and address this problem uh, without taxing the bejeebers out of everyone? Well, uh you know, in Ontario, like uh, I said, our emissions went down quite substantially before the carbon tax was introduced. Um, there are, uh, for example, like nuclear, other sources of energy you could use. Um, but again, the most important thing to remember is that uh, climate change and global warming is a global problem. So we're not going to solve it alone here in Canada. Even if our emissions went to zero tomorrow, which nobody would want, uh, because that would mean that our economy, everything had stopped in the country, uh, you know, they'd continue going up around the world. So really, we need to work with international partners um, and some of the biggest emitters in the planet. Thankfully, Canada has some cleaner energy sources that it can offer that would be positive for our economy and also positive for reducing global emissions around the world that we could offer to other countries, the largest emitters, like I said, China and India. The head of the Green Party of Ontario said that uh, anything that this costs you, you will get it all back in some form, in a form of a credit. <laughs> so that's quite uh, a silly. Anyone who claims that this is revenue neutral is lying, because if you look at the fall economic statement, which the federal government released in November, just a week or two ago, they say that they're going to bring in $4.3 billion in carbon tax revenue this fiscal year alone. Even if they issued $4.3 billion back in rebates, what they're not saying is that they collected GST on top of the carbon tax. It's a tax on tax. 
so when you pay for the carbon tax at the pump, you're paying GST on top of the carbon tax. So they're going to bring in $250 million of their portion, the 5% of GST that they charge on the carbon tax, that they will not be rebating. So that's absolutely false, that it's revenue neutral. And if you look at farmers, for example, the CFIB did a survey of them last year. The average farmer paid nearly $14,000 in federal carbon tax charges. No farmer is getting a $14,000 rebate check from the federal government. So this is causing the cost of groceries to go up, home heating to go up, and there's no way that they would possibly uh, rebate all of it, especially, as I mentioned, because they're charging GST on top of it. Many have uh, many who are uh, supporters of this policy said, um, you know, obviously when the pandemic started, we saw um, uh, the demand for energy go way down uh, because people were staying at home. Uh, obviously, all you have to do is drive around southern Ontario to realize people aren't staying at home anymore. Um, you know, and but as we're stuck in this global pandemic, this is the time for a reset, that this is the time to to, as the prime minister says, build back better. Uh, how do you respond to that? Well, it's really quite, uh, I think, telling if people rejoice in the decrease in emissions that we saw over the past year. Um, there have been multiple uh other crises, you know, businesses closing, people losing their life savings, uh, suicides, overdoses. There's a lot of other um, societal harms that happen when you have these massive periods of economic turmoil. When, when uh, you know, we saw this was the largest period of economic devastation in our, our country's history. Um, so I don't think that that's anything uh, to celebrate. If, uh, you know, if anything, we really need to get the economy back on track so that uh, people can be back at work. And that does come with uh, with some emissions. But look, there are many ways to be environmentally friendly and economically sustainable. Um, the carbon tax does neither. Uh, people like to, some critics like to say that it's all about the economy, that we shouldn't care about the, uh, the environment. But those two things are not mutually exclusive. But the problem is with the carbon tax is that it's all downside. There's no positive environmental benefit to it because as we've seen time and time again in Canada, emissions have continued to go up under the carbon tax and they'll continue to go up under this increased carbon tax. Um, so it's really just all all downside uh, from here. But I, I myself am from, grew up in the country, you know, between uh, fields on either side of my house and, and my parents you know, have no choice when they have to get to work. They can't take public transit. They can't bike or walk. They need to drive. And, and you know, when we were kids after school, they'd have to drive us to our extracurriculars. So there are, there's a real uh, urban-rural divide here with the carbon tax because there are many people who can't make those behavioral changes, um, you know, short of moving into a city and giving up urban uh, rural life entirely. Um, so it really is divisive policy, and it, it's, it's, you know, bad really all around. What about the argument this creates lots of jobs? I mean, you can either create the jobs in the uh, petroleum industry or you can create jobs in, in renewable energy. Well, this government has a dismal record when it comes to job creation. Whenever a politician says they're creating jobs, everyone should be very worried because if we look at their track record, Justin Trudeau in the Strategic Innovation Fund it cost $2.3 billion. It was supposed to, he said it would create 56,000 jobs. 
it produced 11,000. So that's, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that the government is spending per one job. And again, they've taken that from other uh, productive companies, from companies that are actual job creators. They've taken money and resources from them to have their own little pet projects funded. We saw Trudeau also gave over, Trudeau and Doug Ford jointly gave $590 million to the Ford Motor Company to produce electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. And that's in Oakville. They're going to retool their plant for EV vehicle production. Uh, once that plant is retooled, 400 fewer workers will be required. So it's unclear how spending all of this money on Justin Trudeau's uh, environmental pet projects they're not creating jobs. He's, he's, it's quite economically destructive, actually. Um, we, we've talked at length on this show how life will change post-COVID-19, how you know, we'll learn lessons from this. Um, wouldn't you say, or that's what he is trying to sell here, is that you know, this is, this is a, a, a turning point. This is a pivoting point for society. This is now how we have to do this. Um, is that not the road to recovery? Will that speed it up or slow it down? So following his uh, announcement on Friday that he's jacking up the carbon tax in the middle of the worst economic downturn on record, uh, by 2030 now, uh, prices at the pumps for one liter of gasoline will go up by 40 cents. That's how life is going to change. This is going to add uh, a lot of money. Every time you fill up at the pumps, groceries will be more expensive. It's unclear how, you know, businesses are struggling right now. Families are struggling right now. It's unclear how making everything in their life more expensive is going to help them to get back on their feet. Taxes are, are already the biggest cost facing the average Canadian family. We already pay about 45% of our income to different levels of government in taxation. Um, so by the government taking more and more out of taxpayers' pockets, that is not the solution. If anything, they need to get their hands out of our pockets. Uh, we, we're not looking for handouts. We just you know, want to get back to work. Um, and so that would be the type of recovery that really I'd be looking for, as opposed to Justin Trudeau um, doubling down on his political priors. These were all things that he wanted to do before the pandemic. And it's quite telling that now he's using the pandemic as an excuse to just double down. Uh, obviously, this is all around uh, Paris Accord goals and, and, and such uh, that have been set. Is this all just smoke and mirrors? Because it appears any goals that we set, we never hit anyway. I think so. There was actually a survey that came out that said, you know, a quite a high percentage of Canadians would like to be seen as environmentally conscious. Well, the wording there would like to be seen as really indicates virtue signaling. We want people to think that we're being environmentally friendly. Um, And that's really what the carbon tax is. Uh, You know, we're paying uh, we're paying a price for it every time we buy groceries or fill up at the pumps. Um, but when you see that our emissions continue to go up, uh, global warming under this, uh, the carbon tax will not be stopped. Um, you have to say at some point, you know, virtue signaling is not a serious climate change policy. If this government were serious about it, um, A, they'd acknowledge that this is a global problem that is not going to be solved in Canada. Again, I can't emphasize enough that, you know, we're at about 15 1.6% of global greenhouse gas emissions. Um, what about per capita, saying, though? What about per capita as Canadians where we're polluting more than most think? Um, I can't. I don't have that uh, data off available uh, at, at the top of my head. 
Um, but I think really Canada does have some really great industry here. We have some great minds. And I think that we could have some innovative technology solutions that we could also offer around the world. Um, you know, carbon capture technology for would be one example. Um, but you really don't help those businesses grow through a high taxation environment. Um, you know, there's so much red tape uh, here in Canada and such high uh, rates of taxation all around. The carbon tax is just one example that, you know, if you want to foster that growth, that um, culture of innovation here, right here in Canada, and then we can export our uh, techno- technological solutions around the world. Um, you know, a high taxation situation is not the way the way to do that. The government really needs to stop, um, you know, playing with the economy as if they're the hands controlling the marionettes. Um, they've spent a lot of money and, uh, you know, the highest deficit in the whole world but we have the highest unemployment at the same time. So I think that that should tell people, you know, government spending does not equal jobs. Um, there's, the government does not create jobs. The private sector, businesses, families uh, create jobs, uh, not the government. So I think it's really dangerous rhetoric when Trudeau is trying to convince taxpayers, you know, give me some more money and, uh, and I, I can create jobs. We haven't seen that transpire. So you're convinced this is just another revenue stream. This is just another revenue stream. You touch on Canadian sensitivity to climate change. They'll write you a check. Absolutely. Like we saw, even if they did rebate the entirety of the revenue generated from the carbon tax, uh, which they don't even plan to, um, even if they did, they're generating hundreds of millions of dollars in GST, a tax on tax on top of the carbon tax that they will not um, not be rebating whatsoever. So absolutely. And they're starved for revenue. If you look, um, but again, the government doesn't have a revenue problem. It has a spending problem. Justin Trudeau is spending 1.8 billion a day, but he doesn't have the cash for it. So 60% of that, over a billion dollars every day goes onto the nation's credit card. We already, we're going to owe about $26,000 worth of federal debt. Um, he's added 10,000 to the debt that we owe. Um, each alone this year. So it's really a, a dangerous time. It's not, but again, it's not a revenue problem. It's a spending problem. And Justin Trudeau needs to stop taxing us in this economic downturn. And instead, he just needs to get his spending under control. Jasmine Moulton has been with us, Canadian uh, Canadian Taxpayers Federation, the Prime Minister talking about hiking uh, the federal carbon tax uh, in the next 10 years as uh, he unveils his climate policy, many questioning uh, if this is the appropriate time to be doing that. Jasmine, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. My pleasure. Thank you so much. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.